In Scotland, when friends get together, they blether. When these three friends happen to be Scottish Blue Badge tourist guides, you can be sure that the country that they're so passionate about will be right at the heart of their discussions. Be it contemporary or historical, culinary or cultural, reminiscence or anecdote, from accommodation to zoos, the chat will range right across the entire alphabet of topics and issues that are live and happening in Scotland right now. We hope that you'll join us. There's nothing to beat a recht git blether. And welcome to episode 10 of Scottish Blethers. We've made it to double digits, ladies. Let's introduce ourselves. Hello from Liz. Hello from Helen. And I'm Susan. So given that we've made it to episode 10, we thought we would introduce a new monthly feature. Uh, (laughs) I know, look at us innovating, eh? (laughs) You'd think we were experts. Yes, let's not go too far, Uh, especially if you see my photo on Instagram of my little homemade uh, tent. So for the first episode of the month, we have decided we're going to introduce a favourites section. And for this month, we're going to talk about our favourite authors. Without further ado, Liz, I'm going to pass on to you. Well, Scotland is a country with a rich literary tradition, but maybe in the past people haven't really been aware of it because we've tended to lump everything together as English literature, meaning in the English language. But Scottish literature is really coming to the forefront now. So I'm going to start off by looking at some Scottish children's authors. And we've got a really rich tradition there, starting off with Edinburgh, because Edinburgh is a UNESCO city of literature. It has a really rich heritage looking back at children's authors perhaps the most famous of them all Robert Louis Stevenson Robert Louis Stevenson was writing towards the end of the 19th century and he focused largely on adventure novels for children with books like Kidnapped and Treasure Island Kidnapped takes real historical events and changes them into a historical fiction novel that was very popular with young boys in particular. Treasure Island really gives us what our, our, our perception is of pirates today with Long John Silver, the one leg, the parrot on his shoulder. That's really coming from the books of Robert Louis Stevenson. But my favourite is one that's a, a collection of poetry and that's A Child's Garden of Verse. There's some beautiful, poignant little little poems in that, including perhaps the most famous, The Lamplighter. We can maybe come back and have a little discussion of that. And then two other classic children's novelists from uh, Scotland, Kenneth Graham, who wrote Wind in the Willows, of course, Toad of Toad Hall appeared in that, and J.M. Barry, who came from Kirimuir, and he gave us Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up. And what these three classic authors have in common is that they had rather sad, troubled childhoods, and that's reflected a bit in what they write about. So moving forward to today, and we continue the tradition with our contemporary children's authors, Maybe people have heard of Mary Hederwick, who wrote the Katie Morag series, which is based on the island of Struy, and that itself is based on Col, where she spent a lot of time living on the Hebridean island of Col. Maybe people will have seen Katie Morag on a TV adaptation of it. Another children's contemporary author is Rod Campbell. You've maybe seen The Deer Zoo, 
the little books where you lift the flap rather like spot the dog. And he's also got Dear Santa, the Christmas version of it. Today, we have a strong push in Scottish schools to try and reintroduce the Scots language. For a while, it was considered that Scots words were slang and it wasn't the language that the, the educated or the respectable were, were speaking. That's all changed. And so we have a, a number of children's authors nowadays who are writing in the traditional Scots language, some of them picking up on children's rhymes because the Scots language lends itself to rhythm and rhyme. So we have Catherine Selbert and she gives us a book which is based on you can't shove your granny off the bus and also Ali Bally, Ali Bally, Ali Bally B sitting on your mammy's knee. Then we've got Kate McClelland who gives us there was a wee lassie who swallowed a midgey which is a take on the wee girl that swallowed the fly. We have authors who are taking classic children's literature and converting it to the Scots language, like Judith Kerr, the tiger that came for his tea. And we have Axel Scheifler, who gave us the Gruffalo in Scots. So we've got a lot of Scottish children's literature to celebrate. What about you, ladies? What do you remember from your childhood? Well, I remember a lot of these books. And just when you were saying that, I just thought, gosh, I'd forgotten about those. But I remember them now. And I'm thinking the Scots language with Katie Morag and all of that. From now, I've got nephews and nieces in Japan. And that's what I like. And I know that they're grandma, my sister, likes to send to them some of these Scottish children's books written in the Scots language. So the Japanese grandchildren and great nieces and nephews learn a little bit about Scotland. Absolutely. They've taken a lot of classic Scots tales like Greyfriars Bobby and uh, Nessie, of course, the Loch Ness Monster, the Kelpies, which are the, the water yeah. sprites. Um, so a lot of authors, children's authors, have taken these and, and developed them into to children's fiction. And of course, the illustrations in these children's books are marvellous, I think. Absolutely. You know, they really bring in the character and atmosphere of the Scottish landscapes. Most of my reading as a child wasn't so much Scottish authors. It was more your kind of cartoon characters. And one of the ones I used to read voraciously was all the Asterix books. And it's great to see that now, since 2013, there's a gentleman called Matthew Fitt who translated Asterix and Obelix, um, which was done by some French people. He translated that into reflecting Scottish dialects and everything else. So, you know, it was Asterix and the Picts. Well, he changed it to they visit Pechtland, the Picts. <laughs> and he reflected the regional dialects of the language. So Asterix and Obelix speak Glaswegian. The Picts speak Doric, which is the language in the northeast oh, of Scotland. Fabulous. And the Romans speak Dundonian Scots. Oh, right. So there you go. Talking about Dundonian Scots, we cannot forget we're talking about children's things and cartoons. Ur Wally and the Bruins. Great minds think alike, Helen. <laughs> I was just thinking that DC Thompson and all the comics, Desperate Absolutely. Dan. Yes. Oh, there's some great stuff out there. No. Yes. If you've not seen the Scottish comics, the Beano. In fact, there's been some adverts recently on my Facebook page for the, the latest Beano annual for this year yeah. and, you know, buy your Beano stuff. So I think I'll be getting some for my nephew. Yeah, something that kids miss out on these days is that we used to get our weekly comics, the Bunty, oh. the Judy, Claire in teenage years. And yes. we used to wait for that. But nowadays, children just don't read comics. So it's the annuals at Christmas time that take over that role. Yeah, very much so. And Tintin's also been translated as well. Tintin in the Dark Isle by Susan Rennie. She's done that one as well. So if you want to read in Scots, you've got some options, whether it's Scots author, or some of our 
other books that are destined for children. And quite a number of these have been put onto television. So Katie Morag's a lovely children's television programme. Absolutely. Balamori. Oh, Balamori. Tom and T- Tobermori, Balamori. That's it. Yeah, but if you think about it, when you're reading aloud to children, the Scots language does have this beautiful cadence, this rhythm and rhyme to it that really does lend itself to, to reading out. And of course, other authors have taken famous Scots poets like Robbie Bounds, of course, and changed those in, into children's fiction as well. So we're catering for all. But of course, I have committed the greatest sin. I left it to last. Who have I missed out? J.K. Rowling. Of course. The greatest Scottish author of all time, probably, in terms of her sales. So, yes, the boy wizard, the story. J.K. Rowling, of course, is not Scottish. She's English. But she did return from Portugal to live in Scotland. And, of course, we've got all the stories of how she had the idea in her head, all fleshed out in her head. And she started to write it as a single mum walking around the streets of Edinburgh. She'd go in for a cup of tea or coffee in a cafe and she'd start to disappear into her world of wizarding. Fabulous yeah. books. I I devoured them as an adult, actually. Well, yeah, me too. Kind of gives you an idea of how old we are. Yeah. But I absolutely loved her books. That's and I just, it was one after the other. Yeah. And they were great. You just get lost in a little world and want to carry on. My daughter and I would each get a copy as it came out. You'd wait for the new edition coming yes. out. And yes. we would race to see who could read through it first. And I remember my final book, when the final ever book came out, Um, I was actually in Russia, in Moscow, and it's a pretty scary place, Moscow, and I wasn't going out and about much. I was out there for work. And so my recollection is reading the final book in my room in a hotel in Moscow, eating mushroom soup flavoured crisps and drinking (sighs) Baltica beer. And that will stay with me forever. Oh, that's a memory, isn't it? That's a wonderful memory. Well, I think we've covered some children's authors. We can come back. We're really interested to hear some suggestions from our listeners as to who they listen to or read aloud to their children these days. But for now, we'll move on to Susan. And Susan, you're going to give us an overview of some of your favourite authors. Yes, well, I'm not what you would call an intellectual or prize-winning book reader. I was put off by the more cerebrally challenging books at school. Sorry, easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) My reading taste falls into two categories the books that I read for research for my job as a tourist guide, and then those that I like to read to be drawn into the story, and that you can't put the book down even at three in the morning when you've got to be up at seven. So up until this year, my recreational book reading has really been a few months over the winter when I allow myself to read books that I really enjoy rather than research. And it's given me the opportunity to read some great Scottish authors that have the ability to spin a great yarn or build suspense in their thrillers and their crime novels. One person that probably crosses over between the two is Nigel Tranter. And he's written over 100 historical fiction books, most of them about Scottish characters. And he died in 2000, unfortunately. But I remember starting to read them as a teenager and then reading them now. And I I go back to them a couple every year and I just really enjoy the way he writes a story. But the other ones that I really like is the Tartan Noir. So what is Tartan Noir? Well, Tartan Noir basically has an anti-hero as its main character. 
And it's a form of crime fiction. It's particular to Scotland and Scottish writers. And it has its roots, well, it kind of in Scottish literature, but it does borrow from Americans as well. So there's a link here to Robert Louis Stevenson that Liz was talking about. And the link is that he wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, two sides of the same character. There's a great word we learned during the course, the Caledonian antisigene. If you don't know what it is, go look it up. It's basically saying that you have two opposites. It's the puritanical side of the Scottish character versus the let's go out and live a bit side of the Scottish character, really. And the Tartan Noir, it leans towards the cynical and the world weary. It's quite sarcastic, quite hard-boiled characters. So my favourite people there is Christopher Brookmeyer who I think is fantastic. And to me, he is the Scottish version of the American author, Carl Hyassen. Again, if you haven't read him, read him. You're going to laugh all the way through the book. But with Christopher Brookmar, when I'm reading him, I put on the strongest Scottish accent in my head. (laughs) And I don't know what it is as I read him. It just totally transforms. And you're sat in a plane going somewhere or whatever else. Well, maybe not this year. And and you've just got this strong accent coming through your head as you read about his characters. Another one is Quentin Jarden. He has an Edinburgh detective as his main character, which is really good. And then there's a couple of female ones that I'm looking forward to reading that my colleagues were suggesting, Caro Ramsey and Denise Mina, who are very much in the same form. And then probably my last favourite, Peter May. He has written a number of books generally based in the Outer Hebrides, although he does have some based out of France. And they are a great set of books. And there's even an app and a trail, the Peter May Trail, if you go to the Outer Hebrides of Scotland. So that's a a few of my favourites. Yeah, I share many of them there. I'm afraid I can't get into Nigel Tranter. I've tried. To me, he's a bit like Sir Walter Scott. I mean, (laughs) Sir Walter Scott was the Diana Gabaldon of his day. I mean, he put Scotland on the map writing historical fiction. But us now, trying to go back and read it, I just find it inaccessible. And I must confess that I have found Nigel Tranter to be a little inaccessible as well, but I must try harder. My Sir Walter Scott is that you you start one sentence at the top of one page and three pages later (laughs) you're finishing the sentence (laughs) and you you have no idea where you're going. But he obviously was very well thought of. The other one, Susan, you mentioned, Peter May. Oh, he Mm -hmm. just absolutely developed and enhanced my love of the Outer Hebrides and my, you're going to Luskintyre Beach You'll have because the Coffin Road, one of his books, starts there on Luskintyre Beach. I just love that whole area. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, there's some fantastic books based on that area. But I suppose the Tartan Noir is coming from the Scandi Noir, you know, the, the dark crime fiction that came from Scandinavia. And it suits the Scottish psyche, the dark side of things. There's a lot of books that we're, there's a lot of authors that we're not covering here, which are really up there when it comes to award winning global authors that are part of contemporary Scottish literature nowadays. And we're not covering them, but we can make people aware of them so that that's your your bag. You can access some of those. Great. And also, I was asking my colleagues about their suggestions for books for Scottish authors. And I've got a whole list. So if people are interested, I'll put them up on our Facebook page. Yeah. And I've developed book lists as well for my travellers. So I'm happy to share those too. Yes, that would be a good idea, because I think it's quite nice when you're coming to Scotland on your travels for the first time to have maybe read some books that feature Scotland. Absolutely. And there's so many 
beautiful memoirs and travel logs, not to mention all the history books that yeah. uh, it's so rewarding to have done a little bit of research beforehand. Yes, going into research and children's books, Liz, going back to your children's books, one of my favourite books and one I recommend to everybody who comes is the children's book of Scottish history. Yes. And also the illustrations are good fun. Yep, definitely for the beginner. It's a good introduction. Yeah. Great. So tell us, Helen, what are your favourite authors? Well, I'm going today to focus on authors, writers who may not necessarily be Scottish. I've got some Scottish ones and I've got ones who have created wonderful characters and developed their stories inside Scotland. And one that you may know, some of you may know, the Shetland series, books and on the TV, written by Anne Cleves. Is this us back to our chat about Dougie Henshaw, maybe yes, from a couple of episodes ago? absolutely. And she was brought up in North Devon, about as far away as Shetland as you can get. And she went to Shetland, first of all, almost by accident to work at the Bird Observatory there. And it inspired her lifelong love of the island. And, of course, Dougie Henshaw in her series of Shetland. Another one that she did, but not set in Scotland, set in the north of England, is Vera. You may, some of you may know the series Vera, based on the Vera Stanhope novels. But just going back to another podcast, we talked about gin this week. Wildfire is a limited edition of gin, collaboratively developed by Anne Cleves and the Shetland Distillery Company. And it inspired the final book, or it was inspired by the final book of the Shetland series, Wildfire. What could be better? I mean, I have to, I, I love the Shetland books. I absolutely love them. Oh. So I go back with fresh eyes and read them again. But what could be better than sitting down to start reading Shetland with a gin and tonic in your hand and the gin coming from Shetland? Perfection. That sounds very good. Well, another person that is not Scottish, but her books are very Scottish, is, of course, Diana Gabaldon. She's an American author and known for the Outlander series of novels. And it focuses on a 20th century nurse, Claire Randall, who time travels to 18th century Scotland and meets the dashing Jamie Fraser. But she herself just decided to look and write about a novel for practice, just to learn how, with no intention to show it to anybody. And this is the Outlander series of the result. Well over 25 million books sold Ex- worldwide. Exactly. She thought that historical novel was probably easier to research. She had no background in history and no particular time period in mind. She happened to see a, a rerun of Doctor Who and she saw the Jamie McCrimmon character who was the young man. Now that's a very early Doctor Who series and that inspired her to create Jamie Fraser as we know. Two Scottish ones, Val McDermott, some of you will know, um, again from a TV series, um, Wire in the Blood, which I found really dark. She's one of the biggest names in crime writing in Scotland and grew up just along the road from Liz and I in Kirkcaldy. I thought you were about to say Stirling. No, no, Kirkcaldy. (laughs) And talking for Kirkcaldy, she was a, a football fan and the Wraith Rovers football stadium has a stand named after her. But actually, it was possibly more likely named after her father, who was a scout for the club. And of course, Ian Rankin. Who can forget the Rebus novels? They were just wonderful. And again, built into a TV series starring John Hanna initially and then Ken Stott, who I think was more 
the John Rebus style. What I love about these contemporary authors is that you can actually see them out and about. If you go to Edinburgh, um, the Oxford Bar, Ian Rankin does actually drink in there. And the other author, which we have to mention in terms of Edinburgh, is Alexander McCall Smith. Yes, I love his books. One of my heroes. Yeah, He's so prolific as an author. He brings out basically one book in each of his series every year. He is a professor of moral ethics at the University of Edinburgh. He's a well-kent figure around the city. And of course, people love to appear in his books, the Scotland Street series. And I have to say that I had the privilege, because he is one of my heroes, I had the privilege when I worked at University of Edinburgh as being his scroll bearer when he was awarded um, an honorary doctorate degree at the University of Edinburgh. Big highlight that. Do do you know that Ian Rankin appears as a character in one of Alexander McCall Smith's the 2004 novel 44 Scotland Street. Absolutely. You don't know that you're, you really appreciate that you've arrived when you're featuring in one of his books. Everybody competes to try and get in there. I don't know how much you could bribe him to include you, include, right. include you in his books. Or, or, or you might have to, to move down and become one of his neighbours because that seems to be a way yeah. to do it as well. There's so much different literature there you can choose from. And it was interesting that you picked up non-Scots writing about Scotland. Well, I'm going to pick up a Scot that writes about England and that's oh. C.J. Sansom. Ooh. And... I don't know if either of you have read C.J. Nope. Sansom. No, I haven't. That's a new no, name. No, he, he writes some fabulous, and I'm using that word a lot today, I don't know why. He writes some great novels about England and about the Reformation time in English history, so the kind of 1500s, and about the building of cathedrals. And I mean, they're big tomes, don't get me wrong. These books are like two and a half inches thick, <laughs> but they're great because you get drawn into the story and you just want to keep going. And it was actually one of my colleagues that said, oh, didn't you know CJ Sansom was Scottish? I was like, no. So it's given me another little look on the the books that I quite enjoyed, again, in the days pre-guiding when I used to have a lot of time to read. Well, talking about guiding, I couldn't do favourite authors and not mention my absolute favourite, which is Kathleen Jamie. Now, if people come on my tours, I love to finish my tour at the Bannockburn Visitor Centre. And the previous visitor centre before the Historic Scotland put in the new visitor centre was just a simple memorial. And when they renovated the visitor centre in 2014, they put a new poem into the rotunda. And they held a competition and people had to come up with a poem that fitted Scotland today rather than harking back to the old nationalistic approach to Bannockburn. And the winner of the competition was Kathleen Jamie and her poem is now on the rotunda and it sums up the end of the tour reflecting on all that they've seen. So you'll need to look Kathleen Jamie up to see that. But what she does is is basically write short stories and poetry um, reflecting nature, um, reflecting her experiences particularly a collection of essays called Findings and Sightlines. I really do recommend anybody to to read those. Brilliant. Now, Liz, I'm going to pick up one thing. You've just been talking about poems and poetry. Mm-hmm. So there's, I might need to explain that to our listeners about the accent. So many people might hear about poems, but in, <laughs> I don't know, it's a Scots thing that we talk poems. about poems. Poems. That's right, poem. <laughs> a poem and poetry. It's, it's a poem and poetry it's in the Queen's English. It's great. <laughs> it's like, like films. Films. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
And you have you do the sorry. the iron. You know, it's, I'm going to do the ironing. Yeah, <laughs> all over the world. My daughter's lived <laughs> in London for many years now, and is largely lost her, her Scottish accent to a certain extent. But the one thing that you always know a Scot is when they say world. Rolling our R's. It takes me back to my friends, actually. Always taking the mickey at university. Or taking the mickey, how do you say that? And making yeah. fun of me. And they'd all go, oh, Taggart, there's been a murder. And, you know, rolling of the R's. But not everybody can roll their R's. No. no that's it's true. a particularly Scots thing. In fact, the phrase Susan is one that I'm sure Taggart has been viewed all over on TV. And there's been a murder. And for the tartan noir, of course, that's quite an appropriate saying, isn't it? Absolutely. So a good Scottish word, which leads us very nicely into our words of the week. Liz, what's your word of the week? Well, I always try to get a word that ties in with what the topic is. And so I struggled this week to come up with one that was with books and authors. But I used to always get told by my mother that if I continued to read my books underneath my blankets with my torch, I would go squinty-eyed. So squinty is a good word. Now, people might know squint, but squinty is a good Scottish word, and it means off the level. It means squeegee would be another way of putting it. So, for example, a good way of describing it is in Glasgow, we have the Squinty Bridge, which doesn't go straight across the River Clyde. It goes at an angle. So it's squint. It's the Squinty Bridge. Helen, what's your word? Right, well, my word, I've tried to, again, like Liz, link it in, and it's doer, D-O-U-R, doer. And it's a, an adjective that can describe many of the main characters of these tartan noir authors. You know, John Rebus is doer, is kind of, you know, grumpy and sort of, think of it dark or black or just doer. And Susan, you are going for? My word is glaket. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, we don't need to look far to know where you got that <laughs> word. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Uh, you are saying a word. <laughs> the words of the week. The yeah. word of the week. Glake it. So it's when your eyes gloss over or when the lights are on but nobody's home. Yes. Know it well. You know, as in some, somebody's got that far off stare and they're just not there at all. They're a bit glake it or they're, they're just not with it. It's a lovely word. It's so descriptive, that one. It is. And used a lot. <laughs> yes. There we go. There we have it. This special episode of Scottish Blethers. And we're going to be doing it once a month, picking a favourite something or other. I think there's plans for a favourite railway journey or favourite Scottish hero or whatever else. So if you have got any suggestions, please do let us know or any requests. We'd be delighted to act on them. There we have it, our blether for this week. If you'd like to engage with us on social media, everybody out there, um, we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Scottish Blethers. We'd love to hear what you think of the episode and any topics that you might like us to cover in, the f- in future Blethers. So please do get in touch. So it's cheery bye from me. Ta-ta the new from me. And if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the windy from me. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>